Dios. Welcome to the Inside Show. I'm Chad Beter, and I'm Andrew Richards. And today we're going to talk about stowed exceptions. Exception code C zero 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 twenty seven B. So that was four zeros in the middle. All right. C blah blah twenty seven B. Artifact of the Universal Windows Platform. Mm-hmm. Uh, when the um, the new paradigm of these u- Universal apps was in, was developed a lot of operations move from being synchronous to asynchronous. Mm. And this is an artifact of that uh, experience. The other thing that happened was because of the way that WinRT, the the API works with languages, there's a projection layer in the middle. And so WinRT has to go through the language, be it C++, CLI, C Sharp, and other languages, Mm -hmm. and then out the other side, and then into your code. And so you get this layering effect uh, to the API surface, and it affects exceptions exp- specifically, and the ability to project uh, the exception across boundaries. So, for the easy example is in a C sharp world, a CLR world, mm-hmm. you want to throw an exception down in WinRT. Well, it has no idea what a CLR exception is. It just throws an H result, and then it's transformed into a system dot exception for the language as it goes through the language layer. And then at the application, you see it as a system.exception derived class. But in C++, you're going to have a completely different experience, right? So this is sort of like an abstraction layer that's in place in the universal Windows platform. It is. And because of the way that the timings work and the marshalling between asynchronous threads works, Mm -hmm. because you think you're on one thread, and then the scheduling will actually, at some point, can pick you up and put you somewhere else. And that's how you have access to these local variables that actually aren't on the thread that you're actually executing on, which is kind of weird. Mm. Um, And so what happened was the exception concept was really uh, ripped apart and what we call marshaled. So Windows RT, WinRT API, is actually derived from COM. And COM had this concept of iErrorInfo. And so what you could do is you would pack the information into an iErrorInfo and then at a later time read it. And so it was a way of not having to persist the data through the call stack. In WinRT, it's iRestricted error info. And they put the word restricted on it because they added a whole lot of high privileged information. So, you know, much more detail about the call stack and strings and stuff like that. Mm. And what happens is uh, this restricted error info is marshaled from the thread doing the work and then at a later time is reprojected on the thread that called the asynchronous call. And so there's this whole packing system. And what it's packed into, even though it's marshaled by Irish to Area Info, uh, the implementation is to pack it into a stowed exception, which is a structure that is capable of holding error, error numbers, H results, uh, the uh, string optionally, or a call stack. And in later versions of Windows, when we transition from Windows 8.0 with version one of this, uh, we transitioned into version two, and it had the ability to also attach on objects, and particularly we attach CLR exceptions to it, and it's called a nested exception. So essentially, when you see a stowed exception in a, a crash dump or something, it's an indication you need to look deeper in, in, into that stowed exception to see what the real Correct. problem is. Correct. It's, it's, it's an artifact back in time. Now, mm-hmm. unfortunately, with the way the WinRT is architected with the language projection and the layering, because it's packed, that thread doesn't exist anymore. So with a lot of exceptions, you can go, oh, okay, great. I'll just wind back the clock 
and then make it look like I'm in that state again. Mm. Unfortunately, that doesn't exist. And in fact, in most cases, the thread that threw the exception doesn't exist anymore, which mm. means by association, the call stack doesn't exist anymore. Right. And so you can't go back and say, I want to set my context back in time to then, which means you can't look at local variables and stuff like that. And so you do get a situation where things like, hey, I had a argument exception, or what was the argument? I can't actually tell you. All I can tell you was there was an H result that resulted in an argument exception. So the way that you debug this is to uh, drill into the exception information. So let's open up a dump file. I have three examples here as they go through time uh, of different variations of this. You'll note that it has uh, C00, three zeros is the way I remember it, the first bit, and then the fourth one belongs to the end. So C000, 027B. Um, at some point, <laughs> I'll update the debugger to say the exception there rather than unknown. The way that it works, if we look at the exception record, um, is it packs uh, two parameters. The first one is a pointer to an array of stowed exception headers, uh, this structure. And all that tells you is uh, the size of the following structure and its signature. And the signature is just version one, version two, stuff like that right now. So we can print out those three pointers by using the DPP command. So we'll grab this address, and then there's a L means how many elements you want. Mm -hmm. And it's going to point that in this array, there's three pointers to the raw data. And this is pointers to those objects. Now, to simplify the world, I'm not going to go through the, the hard way of debugging this. this you, know, you go from structure to structure and go from version 1 to version 2 and cast it and stuff like that. Right. There's a debugger extension we can use to go, based on the header, we will look at the piece of data as either a version 1 or a version 2 structure. And mm -hmm. Version 3 may turn up one day. And that instruction um, currently is available through the PDE debugger extension. Mm -hmm. The command is bang DSC. Before you go and download this, just try it because we may uh, transition the command from PDE into the, into the debugger into itself. Debugger itself. Mm. But at the moment, you need to uh, go to the defract tools site and links below, then go to the OneDrive um, that's associated with the, uh, the defract tools series, and then download the PDE debugger extension and copy it into the debugger folder. Once you've done that, you can just run the bang DSC command, display state exception. And this guy is going to run through all those structures, and it's aware of all the version numbers. And the, as you can see here, here's the 8680 place. It says the array was here. Mm -hmm. And then individually, here's the 40. So there's the 40, blah, 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 right? So it's doing all the hard work of dumping these 40. Yeah, and so in this case, there was three. So you see one, two, and three. So you do get the call stacks there, even though you said those threads may not be around anymore. They're not. So we, 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 this is actually called a back stack trace. Mm -hmm. uh, it is a collection of pointers that represent the call stack, but not the data between the functions that are in the call stack. So just the raw functions in the stack. Yeah, and you'll notice that actually all these are, um, if we actually grab this address and dump this traditionally with the lowercase s command, you'll see that these are all packed next to each other. There's no space left for those local variables. Right. And that's actually why we use the capital S command, which is um, don't put that front one on so you get a much cleaner uh, mm. uh, visualization of it. And so what you're seeing in here is a visualization of the structure. And, and for the sake of it, I'm going to click on this. And so we see the raw structure. We can see the header packed on the front. And the signature says, and we can use dot formats to work out 
the version one. Oops, formats. formats. Um, this is a stowed exception version two. Mm -hmm. All right. So here's the H result, and then uh, this exception form tells us whether uh, this union is going to be error text based, and you can see how this is rubbish, or whether all these other ones represent. So these these since you see how this is ten and this is ten. There's, two, there's a union in uh -huh. here, and this bit specifies whether which it's going to be is. error form, which is um, what this is not, is zero for error form, or one for stack trace, which is how we have this array of, string, uh, array of things. Mm. Here's the packed array, and there is OXAE elements in this way that oh. defines the depth. Mm -hmm. You'll notice that there's an exception type, and that's the exception type in, at the bottom. This is what was added in V2. This is where you get the opportunity to add um, additional information from using a language projection like the CLR. Mm. Uh, XAML also fills this in for certain scenarios. And so what we can do is, I'm just going to do a clear screen and do this again, so it's a bit cleaner. Uh, we can walk through this. What you're seeing is the one at the top is the last error that was uncaught. The way those exceptions happen is because they're asynchronous, they can come from multiple threads and they're all being conjoined together. Mm -hmm. And so what we generally say is if the error code changes between number one and number two and, and subsequent numbers, and you'll notice that this is different, this is FFF, we heuristically say they're not related. Now, technically, you can have an exception mm. that you catch and then you rethrow as a as different, different code. Mm. But it, heuristically or generically, it's not that common. Mm. Um, and so what we say is these are actually separate issues. Mm. And so you should only kind of follow the train down while the error code stays the same. Mm -hmm. Okay. So in this case, you actually would say that there's actually three errors uh, flying around because this is a different code Everyone's again. different too. Right. Um, but all three of these issues have been flying around. Now, you can't say whether the second or third were critical. All you can say is that the first was critical. This is hence why we, we terminated because it wasn't handled. Ah, so we can always say the first one is the one that was not handled that caused the crash. Correct. Okay. Um, we have some hints into the subsystems. Um, because this is an H result, the first digit, um, particularly the 8-bit, says it's an error. The next bit, the fourth bit, um, says that it's um, a warning. Error and warning together, 8 plus 4 equals C, which is why mm. a lot of error codes start with C, because mm. uh, a warning and error combined, we say, is critical. Mm. So you have warning, error, and critical combined. And luckily, critical starts with C, which, which is great. Mm. And then we have the facility. This in, in the middle here is, uh, it's not all 16 bits. It's actually, I think, 14 bits of this. Mm. But there's a well-defined structure that says this number represents this. And this is how this has come out. It says this error code, this this codes in the middle represents facility, and then A, which is error 10 happened, and in this case, we don't have it mapped um, in the known error code ranges of what error 10 is for XAML. If we look a bit further down, this has no facility, which is a reserve, the null facility, and then it's known that FFFF is E unexpected, which is also known as, um, sometimes known as catastrophic. And then the last one, uh, was a Win32 error. So uh, 07 is Win32. And so if you look up 3D57, um, you tend to look it up in decimal mm -hmm. um, on MSDN, uh, you'll get the full description. 
Um, which is the process has no application identity, which is a security problem. Mm. So just in general from those, you can work out what's happened. And then from the stack, you know where it happened, right? Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, that's all there is to it when it comes to the stow exception record. Now, this example didn't have a nest exception. As I showed you, uh, this was blank. In this other example I've got here, um, we have two other variants. One's old school and one's new school. So we'll do old school first. This is very rare. Um, in the 8.0 days, um, instead of actually packing in this stowed exception array and stuff like that, all we did is um, put in text. Mm -hmm. And what it was putting in was a serialization of a, in this case, a, a CLR objects, a CLR exceptions uh, uh, thing. So we can say, hey, I was doing this. I have this message associated with it. And this is the call stack where it came from. Okay, very rare to see these old textual-based ones. If we click on the link, you'll see, uh, I haven't even got symbols, it's that old. Um, you'll see that that exception type is zero rather than one, which is, as I said, quite rare. Mm. Going into the future where the, where the opposite's true, you'll note that we have the stack, and then this command has automatically gone, hey, the, the additional information is filled in, uh -huh. and I'll actually show you the CLR exception. It actually follows those links uh, through and will uh, show you the, the associated CLR exception. So this is from that nested exception. Field. It is, uh -huh. and so unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately I haven't got symbols, but uh, that nested, those last two fields will be filled in. Uh, DSC's got a whole lot of heuristics in it to uh, break past symbol problems and, and um, and show this data regardless, right? Mm. It, it looks at the raw data. Because it's a well-known type, it doesn't need symbols to look it up because the type is well-known. Right. And so, mm. stored exceptions, they're, a, um, they're an art, uh, like a ghost of, it, of the past of an issue, yeah. uh, if you want to call it that. Um, what Technically, they're a marshaled interface that's brought across thread boundaries uh, through a language projection. Um, what do you do in these situations? Well, the error code kind of um, suggests the next steps. The facility, um, the HRESOLT facility is a very good way of working out the problem space. Mm -hmm. And then if you are lucky and it's something more obvious like, you know, file not found, path not found, then you can use tools like Sysinternals, Process Monitor to trace the application to see what went wrong. Mm -hmm. um, as I said, the call stack doesn't exist anymore, um, but, uh, uh, you know, that's, that's the way it happens. If you are lucky, um, when you executed the program, it was not under enough CPU load to defer the, the work to another thread. It may actually have been executed on the thread that uh, this guy was working on. Um, and you may be able to scrape the stack of the error stack purely by chance of, of CPU load mm. and maybe grab some information like that. Not very deterministic, not a great way of approaching it, but mm. uh, you may be lucky. Uh, so that's uh, Stow Exceptions, a uh, bit of a, a, a unfortunately, an, a, a weak debugging experience as an artifact of this layering approach to WinRT and, and language projections. Um, but uh, yeah, simple as that. Right. Well, thanks for watching.